Are you ready to generate way more leads with way less struggle? I have great news for you. I'm now accepting new students into High Performance Agent Academy. Inside the Academy, you'll get eight months of customized support from me and get access to my entire playbook, sales, marketing, social media, systems, all of it ready for you to copy and paste right into your business. Check the show notes for the link to learn more. We start on May 1st. Hey, my name's Tina Bellavo, and I am obsessed with all things real estate, growth, marketing, social media, technology, and team building. If you're an ambitious agent who's hungry to grow, work on your own terms, and build a thriving life outside of your business, this is the podcast for you. I got into real estate when I was 18 years old and grew my business from nothing through referrals and social media. And since then, I've built a top-performing team, and I've sold over 1,700 homes and $400 million in sales volume. In this podcast, I keep it real, and I tell you exactly what I'm doing to sell tons of houses, lead my team, market my brand, grow my social following and database, and maintain incredible work-life balance. I'll never shy away from sharing my biggest mistakes as well as the juiciest parts of my secret sauce. Pull up a seat and get ready to learn and be inspired. This is the High Performance Agent Podcast with Tina Bellavo. Welcome back to the High Performance Agent Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Bellavo, and I am so excited to dive into today's topic. And I have with me my collaborator, Laura Malik. She's back. Say hey, Laura. Hey, hey. So we are just getting right into this. The topic for today's episode is how to handle having a down year. And really, it's sort of like looking back at last year. And Laura, you messaged me in Voxer last week, our favorite place to audio chat constantly, that you had your first down year last year and you were basically like, this would be vulnerable. This would be very real, Like, but it would be really nice to unpack all of the things that surround that and maybe even what you're carrying with you still to this day. So I don't want to put words into your mouth. I'm just going to ask you, like, what do you really want to get into here and and where should we start? Mm, Good question. I guess like what this came about was I was reflecting. I always like to reflect on everything. And I was just really looking back at 2023. And as you mentioned, it was a down year. But then it really sunk in that I've been in the business for almost nine years. And every year, was always better, right? Like just getting started, I sold more houses and I sold more houses and I sold more houses. So like every year was always getting better. And this was the first year where it took a pretty big step backward. And I was a little bit shocked. And then I was like, like, where do I go? And that's why I came over to Voxer to you. And I was like, <laughs> what, what is next? Cause you know, I think there's like a lot to unpack, but I think in my head, I have all these ideas, like, you know, did I did the habits go wrong? Did I not manage the money correctly? How do I sell more houses? How can I sell more houses without necessarily having to like hustle more, you know, because we're both moms and and I'm kind of looking for a mindset shift like around it. And one of the things with all of us with all of our conversations was is I know that you either started or like early on in your year, like you had 
gone through a big shift. And I'm like, hey, give me all that, that stuff you learned because that's where you can get to where you're going when you talk with someone who's been there before. So where to start? I don't know. Where do I yeah, start? You gave, well, you gave it all to me. So that's perfect. I, I think you said something that I want to hone in on first and foremost. One of my favorite mentors said this to me a, a long time ago. He said something along the lines of when your business is newer and smaller, it's a lot easier to avoid going backwards, right? Like if you only sold two or four homes last year, going from four to six or eight or 10 or whatever, like it doesn't really matter what the increment is, but it, it's it's a little easier to grow when you're in the beginning of that growth curve because just a couple units or a bit of volume can be very different from a prior year, which is fabulous. But when you are more established and the market shifts, you do have more to lose generally. And and I will speak for myself, like I, you alluded to this at the beginning of last year, it was clear to me from the get-go that 2023 was looking rougher, much rougher than 21 and 22 and 20. Although 2020, I also had a reset personally because I had a major transition in my team. Someone who was very tenured, who had been with me for five years, moved on. I lost a lot of past clients in that transition. I lost additional team members. So I'd already kind of dealt with it in 2020. So then when it came again in 2023, like another stutter, it was a little bit more familiar. And I think for a long time, I wouldn't have even wanted to openly admit having had a down year. I, I had a mindset like you if you're not growing, you're dying, which is like so toxic, by the way. <laughs> I like, but I had a mindset for a long time that I, I always have to move forward. And if not, I'm doing something wrong, which is like probably some core stuff of like, if I'm if I'm not performing, if I'm not crushing it at a high level, like I'm I'm doing something wrong, which is so unrealistic. But to kind of circle back to what I was starting off with saying, that mentor kind of imparted to me, you know, when you're you know, doing a lot more units when you have more team members, when you have more overhead, there's just a, there's just more potential to see a backwards step because going down 10% of your business when you do 10 units might mean going from 10 units to nine. But if you're doing 100 units going down from 100 to 90 units, it, it's, a, it's a bigger difference. So it's sort of that like percentage. And, you know, in the Baltimore metro market where I am, the Units are down almost like 40% from peak COVID era number of transactions. So unless, in my opinion, I think there's two ways to counteract that in sort of like a broad sense. One of them is if you're still new in your business and growing, you're just not as vulnerable to being really established and just having a big chunk of your database just not be moving all of a sudden, essentially. It doesn't show up as much because those percentage differentials are so different. And then also, if you're not at a place in your business where you are interested in maybe hustling harder to counteract the market contraction, then you are vulnerable to just weathering that shift. So speaking for myself, it was, I think, January or February of last year, beginning of 2023, I was six months pregnant with my second child. I knew that I was going to take a three-month maternity leave. I knew that I had very limited time and energy leading into my leave. And I just made a very empowered decision for myself that I was not in a place to hustle harder. And I haven't been in that place for the last couple of years. I, I've been in a place to work smarter. So I made a choice to really focus on 
doing things that would lay a foundation for a long-term gain and not worry about my this one particular year being less than stellar in one area of my business. And I, I have really diversified my business pursuits. So in addition to my sales team, I have my agent coaching business and I have my agent academy, which is my digital course. And then I also have a couple properties that I manage. So I really looked around and said to myself, what am I passionate about right now? And also, what has the most upside in my world? And what was clear to me was that there was a lot of upside in growing my audience for my course and potentially getting into some more coaching, which is sort of what's transpired for me at this moment. So I made a decision to launch my podcast and grow my audience to eventually feed my course. And that worked. I currently have, as of this recording, over 70 people on the waiting list for the next rollout of the Academy. And that is all because of the podcast and a few other really smart things that I do. I hired my marketing person to set up an email campaign for various things so that when people signed up for my free like my freebies essentially they would start to you know get calls to action get invited to my waiting list and then I made sure that my email marketing kept going out through my leave I leveraged that I batch recorded 18 podcast episodes in my ninth month of pregnancy to have them run my whole maternity leave and then beyond so I feel like I'm kind of talking a lot here. So I'm going to stop in a second. But I made a choice that this is not the year for me to do some of the things I might have done to grow my sales business because I felt like, you know what? My database kind of is what it is. It's it's the size that it is. My marketing and my nurturing is really on point. And then I was in a place where honestly, like my emotional energy is much more limited. So I could have like, hustled by doing more coffees and lunches and phone calls to my advocates and asked for more referrals. And I'm sure that that would have worked. So we should talk about that in a minute. But I just was in a place where I wasn't really in a space to give a lot of one-on-one emotional energy to people to drive the business. So I did focus more on these back-end things that I just described. So I'll pause there, Laura. Is there anything you're hearing in there that you want to unpack a little more? In case you missed it, High Performance Agent Academy is officially open for new students and we start on May 1st. Do you feel frustrated by making slow progress, sick of your systems and CRM being a mess, lonely and tired of figuring out how to grow your business on your own, and are you ready for a breakthrough in your sales, marketing, and lead generation? First of all, you're not alone. I have been there and I've blazed the trail to solve all of those problems. I've assembled every single system, template, and marketing strategy I use so you can copy and paste them right into your business. If you're ready to transform everything about your real estate business, this is your golden opportunity. I will walk alongside you for the rest of 2024 and help you plug these systems directly into your business. And we will customize every element to your market, your brand, your voice, and your goals. High Performance Agent Academy starts on May 1st, and I don't want you to miss the boat. Head to the show notes to get the link or DM me on Instagram at Tina Bellavo, and I'll send you everything you need. See you in the Academy. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> I got a few things. One is I want to start with what I really heard, which is actually very interesting because I remember our conversations on Voxer in January and February, kind of stating that you could feel and see this coming. And shame on me for not asking, what were you looking at to really know? So without going like too technical, mm-hmm. I would still like to know like what, where did you get the numbers? What were you looking at to kind of project that this was coming? Because I remember you saying it. I did not ask you how you were doing that. I also did not take the same route as you. I remember um, you saying that too. I remember you being yeah. like, I'm not seeing it yet. And then I remember a, mo- a few months later, you were like, oh, I see it now. <laughs> yeah. So I love that. And then I want you to dive over to, so what you said was was amazing. Like once you tell us kind of what to be kind of looking for to, to do your best prediction is decide like, what does your year look like? Like, and I always like to say, what does your season of life look like? You know, like, can you take on more? Can you hustle more? Can you not? Like whoever said a down year was, was it necessarily a bad thing? And, but then you mentioned something, and this is a hot topic in all the agent groups is what are you doing to find other income elsewhere? Whether it's like a side hustle or like you said, the Airbnbs and the coaching. And I'd love to know, like, talk me through that of like, how you went to decide that was the direction that you want to go versus like sometimes people say, no, just sell more houses. Just, you know, just focus on real estate. Yeah, that's such a good point. Okay. So to answer your first question, which was, how did I see it coming? It's funny. I do have the benefit of I'm not in production. I have a wonderful team, so I'm not out in the field. And I do feel like I have a little bit more emotional, a a lot more (laughs) emotional detachment from day to day. So I'm able to see the big picture just from the seat that I'm in. And also I got some really good training from that same mentor that I mentioned on just analytics and looking at certain indicators. The thing that helps me the most hands down is looking at the stats for my market once a month. So I look at the Baltimore metro market. That's like the good geographical indicator for my business. It's not too big. It's not too small. It's like not the entire state. It's the area we do business in. And we have a tool in, through our MLS called Smart Charts, getsmartcharts.com. I think it's probably free through a lot of MLSs, but definitely through Bright. So I log in there every month and I look at the year over year and month over month trends of units and volume. And one of the things that I learned really in my time at Keller Williams is that units really tell the story. And then volume is this lagging indicator that can be inflated by sales prices rising and you can see your volume going up, which is awesome. First of all, like all good. Grow your average sale price. That's been a huge part of my journey the last few years and I'm very happy with that. But it's also important to know that it can be a trick because when the market is inflating and your volume is going up, 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 and you're not keeping an eye on units as well, you can miss the indicators that your units are dipping and that that is eventually going to dip your gross commission income most of the time, unless you really are just growing your average sale price in a very intentional and and purposeful way. So I've been looking at the writing on the wall for years now of units being more and more constricted. It started with COVID. So so looking at stats, but understanding what I'm looking at, because you can open these dashboards and be overwhelmed by data and not even knowing like what to make of it. So one of the things that I teach agents in my academy is how to kind of hone in on the one or two things that help you understand which way prices are trending. Because I think at the end of the day, that's what we need to know as agents. And that's really all consumers want to know. Are prices going up or down? And 
And then can you explain why in one easy to understand sentence? So I think it's easy to either avoid data because you don't know what you're doing for the aforementioned reasons. And it's that's very understandable. Or you can just spew stats at people. Like I've seen people do this kind of a rant, but like on Instagram where they'll throw up like 10 different stats on a story. And like, I am a pretty expert at analyzing real estate data. And I'll be like, I don't even know what you're posting about, which probably tells me you don't know what you're posting about. So like one bullet point, prices went up 5% last year. Prices went up 3% since last month. Like that's what people can just wrap their head around of how things are trending. So I think if you could put on a hat of thinking of yourself as you don't even need to forecast trends because that's dangerous and impossible to do with a high accuracy. But just to interpret what's happening right now, that really gives your, you know, in any marketing, it really gives the people you're speaking with a peace of mind that it's just like a credibility thing. So look at units. And then I do keep a spreadsheet of all of our transactions and we count number of transactions per month. I can do my own year over year and month over month analysis. That is a little bit cumbersome. So most agents that I end up talking with, they're not always tracking really strongly because it's like the least favorite thing of any people person to sit with spreadsheets. So my other hack that really helps me is I have a wonderful CPA bookkeeper combo. He does both for me. And he has my annual budget. I've been working with him long enough that he has a years long history of of my data and I can see the trends in my gross commissions by month, by year, and every month when he sends me my profit and loss statement, he does like a month over month and then a year to date versus year to date comparison of the same timeline as last year. So to really boil that down, mm-hmm. I think having a source for monthly stat review is a really good starting point. Most MLSs, I think, send an update. Our MLS sends a monthly update that I always open and read that as well. So find a source that you can rely on and be consistent with. I think once a month is plenty. Having your own internal tracking as a second tip is a great thing. But ultimately, that you know can be a, a stumbling block because of time. So my third tip is to hire someone to keep your books. Even if you do your taxes yourself, paying an outsourced bookkeeper to run a profit and loss statement for you once a month pays dividends in so many ways and and forecasting and analyzing your business is one of them. It's probably one of my favorite things when you answer a question, you are so able to meet people where they're at. Like, hey, are you a beginner? Do it like this. Hey, are you on momentum? Level up by doing it like this. Hey, are you an expert and need more time? Leverage it like this. Like we need tangible things to do. And I just love that you meet everybody in their stage and give them something they can do to move the needle. Thank you. You're so kind. And I feel like I've just been in every stage. I kind of, I think, referenced this in our episode last week, but I bootstrapped my business for years and it's been the secret to a lot of my ability to maintain a strong profit margin in all kinds of seasons, all kinds of team iterations, all kinds of ups and downs. So I think it's, I just love knowing the little hacks of like, here's how you can DIY. But also, here's the couple things that I think you should leverage from the very beginning. Like, as soon as you have established yourself in your business, I think having someone run your books is the very first thing you can delegate. And it's very affordable compared to almost any other leverage. So, I'll leave that there. I want to answer your other question, which was how do you know when it's time to explore other streams of income? And that might actually be a whole separate episode, Laura. That's true. That is true. I 
I think one thing I want to say is when I feel passionate and energized about something, that's my first hint that there's something there to dip into. So for me, like the passion has to be there. Like I don't want to go and add things to my, like being a realtor is such a busy and overwhelming career for, you know, the schedule we all have, the various inboxes, the urgency of everything. So doing anything else, there is an opportunity cost. And I think there it's, it's like such a paradox. There's something to be said for the fact that like just doing more transactions can be a very elegant thought process. There's a point at which it might become a trap for certain people at certain times in their life or in their business cycle. But there is such an incredible profit margin in just doing more transactions. For me, though, I got bored with doing more transactions and and all the different ways to do more, right? Like I built a team. I focused more on listings. We added staging as an internal service offering. I innovated our marketing, our branding. And eventually, I did just get to a point where it was not... It didn't get me up in the morning to sit with sellers and talk about home values or you know, answering objections or even like competing or winning the sale. Like I just felt like I wanted something new and different. So for me, that was when I started to explore other things. And then I think there's this art of evaluating the time and energy efficiency of any other thing that you try. And there's so many spaces and ways to do that in our industry. But I think, you know, one of the most natural bridges is from doing your own transactions to your own investments and buying and holding rental properties, fix and flip, Airbnb. It's such a transferable skill set. So in my one of my only regrets, because I'm not huge on regrets, but one of my regrets is that I didn't buy more rental properties earlier on in my business cycle when I had a really great profit margin and I was meeting with clients and and leads and fields all the time out in the field all the time. I could have picked up rental properties and had a, a portfolio by now that is larger. And I would have picked them up at prices that are far better than today. And I think it's safe to assume that we are in a new normal in America where prices are just going to keep increasing. The supply shortage is so systemic across our country for a bunch of reasons. So I think that would be maybe my own advice that I should take right now and that I would impart to anyone is if you can make the numbers work, which is a little tricky with rates today, but if you can, you know, stockpile cash or, you know, even float the difference in cash flow for a little while while rents catch up, I would, I would really look hard at building a rental portfolio. There's obviously a million other ways to generate income, but it's just such an easy, familiar, comfortable, transferable skill set for anyone that is really strong with transactions. Sounds like another episode. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Okay, so we'll put a pin in that. Yeah, um, I wanted. So I love how you like told me about understanding like what the market's doing and the units as the indicator. So now let's say I've I've done that, and I actually I am this year. Thanks. So I might have been behind last year, but I'm on it this year. Now, how can I bring that like to my business? Let's say I don't really want to have too much of a down year. Like I want to, you know, stay where my income's at or possibly increase. Where like where am I looking in my business to see like my database brought me twenty percent less business last year? I'll just be honest. How did I miss that? Like, did I need to be talking to more people? Did I need to be adding people to my database? Like, 
Tell me. Yeah. Okay. Number one, you're a human being. And I feel like the only way we learn is by things happening. Like if we could all foresee everything, we would all just be ahead of everything all the time. So it's just like psychologically, physically, mentally impossible. So that's the first thing I would say. The second thing is I would, I should pull the stats up right now. I'll check after the episode, but I'm sure that units, I think units were down 20% last year in the Baltimore Metro. I know your market's slightly different than mine, but I'm sure that the stats stand. So your database is trending with what the market is doing. So it's actually a win in my mind that you weren't down 30 or 40%. And that would indicate to me that maybe some of your activities or tactics weren't even on par to extract the number of transactions you could from the database that you have. So that's my first, if not second, third, or fourth mindset shift (laughs) thought to impart. And then I think the question you asked inside of that was, what wasn't I doing? And one of the things that I talk with agents a lot about is there's either a lead generation problem or a lead conversion problem in, in your business if you're not on par with the number of transactions that you hope to be doing. So it helps to look at numbers and stats. It helps to see how many leads you generated and how that trended into signed agency agreements and then eventually closings. But oftentimes you have a gut instinct of where the bigger hole on the boat is because usually they're both holes, but one's just a bigger hole. So what's your gut feeling? Do you have a lead generation problem or a conversion problem? If you look at last year across the board, that was not in my head. Yes, when you said it, it was definitely lead generation, and if yeah. I would have been kept like, keeping more track of that, I would have seen that I was having less appointments and less conversations with buyers and sellers. So something so simple yet so powerful. Yeah, and then I think that so first of all, that's great that you have such clarity on that, and I think most of us do. I I do think that there it's easy to miss the conversion side of the conversation, which would be kind of a whole separate topic. But to stick with the lead generation side of it for right now, I think that's where there's a lot of nuance. And that is what I was really grappling with last year of, you know, what I already said, where I I knew what could drive the business, but I also knew that I wasn't really feeling that. And part of it is because like I don't get my joy from being on the front lines anymore. Like I love and I'm making things happen from behind the scenes. I've done a lot of experimentation in the last few years of how to stay relational and social media oriented, but really leverage systems versus using my like personal energy and filling up my calendar. So figuring out how to scale my energy, essentially. So I think that's the deeper question I would ask you is what do you feel called to do this year to grow your network and grow the relationships that you have? What feels right right now? Are you asking me or your audience? Both. So audience, well, you think, and then Laura, <laughs> like, and you may need a, a second. And if you don't have an answer right now, that's okay too, because there are times where I'm just not feeling it. And that's actually a sign to me that I need to attend to myself. I need to strip out my calendar to some degree. I need to recalibrate. Sometimes, especially, you know, if you're a mom, like I think it's easy to just kind of live day to day and kind of get through the day. Like I love being a mom, but like you're getting through the day, you're getting to bedtime and then they go to bed and then I'm like feeling a little bit like a vegetable. (laughs) Like, what am I doing? So I think those are the times where I'm like, wow, like I haven't had lunch with one of my girlfriends in weeks or yeah, I haven't, you know, done some of the self-care things I need to do. So when you're straight up uninspired, there's generally for me, there's a, a moment where I need to give myself some permission to rest and just rejuvenate the energy that I do have versus diving into like, give more, do more, 
be more. So that would be my answer if you feel uninspired. But is there anything calling you right now? Yeah, well, there actually is because with my history and like you're aware that the last besides 2023, 2019 to 2022 actually hit like a plateau, like just was doing the same thing, getting the same results, which I was very happy with and got very comfortable. And I think it was my season of life with also having kids that were three years younger at that time. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, we talked about 2023 and now I'm going into 2024. Like I have big kids. I have big kids now. They are 10 and seven. And I have a good energy of, yes, I want to grow the network. I want to grow, you know, the business and, and kind of like work with my mindset. So I'm wondering like what tactics and tools did you have during your shift that really helped move your business in that direction, even though it was a shifting market? Yeah. And I think there's no shortage of tactics in the real estate industry, right? Like I can't scroll my social without seeing ads and posts from people selling every kind of course. There's Instagram reels with so many great ideas. So I I think that there's like a deeper work for all of us to do with how we want to do our lead generation activities, or as I like to think of them, like my business development activities. So I think it's actually some questions I would just invite anyone listening to this to sit with. So the first one is, what are you feeling called to? What's pulling you? What's magnetizing you? Another question is, what are you jealous of? Because there are things that I see and admire in other people, and sometimes that fuels me. So is there anything that you've been admiring or maybe even feeling a pang of jealousy? And then I would also invite you to think about what is easy for you to do? What's natural? What is going to just come naturally? Like for me, tires me out sometimes, but I just love parties and planning them. (laughs) So I just kind of fall into certain things where I've developed these habits and these grooves. And at this point, like I could plan a baby shower with my eyes closed because I have all of my vendors and I have literally like a standing checklist in my phone of how to throw a shower and all my favorites. So I think there's such an opportunity in our space to allow yourself the nuance to figure out what inspires you, what will bring you energy, and to really look at the opportunity cost. Because for me, I just felt like, you know, going to lunch, we actually talked about this recently, Laura, like going to lunch isn't just lunch. I might book it in my calendar for an hour, but we talk for probably an hour and a half. And then I'm commuting to and from. And before I know it, a lunch might take two and a half to three hours out of my day. And what really brought this into focus for me was having kids and having a nanny and having like very clear boundaries of when I no longer had childcare. And that like I have these eight hours a day that are finite. <laughs> I used to, you know, catch up at night or whatever. So it brought this clarity for me of like I, I like going to lunch. That being said, if that was a tactic that I was using a lot, but I'm going to burn half of my day on one meeting, I just had to really look at that. I had to really look at the time and the energy. So like I have not been doing so much of that and I'm I'm really leaning into things that are, you know, more streamlined and straightforward. So I don't want to advice give on tactics, but I I want to give permission and also awareness for anyone listening to start to think through some of those things. Because ultimately, I can maybe do a couple targeted things that will bring just a few more transactions, a few more referrals. And that does show up really strongly in my bottom line. 
I love the questions that you asked. Like that just really resonated with me because as you said, like there are so many ways to generate real estate leads and you can Google them, you know, have a mentor or coach. Like there's so many ways, but like for you to figure out your business plan, this is what it is. Like, what do you feel called to, you know, what inspires you or you get a little ping of jealousy that you want to be doing that too. And then what's easy and natural and build your lead generation around that. Like those are powerful questions that I'm really glad you asked me. Thank you. And I think you just boiled my ramble down so well. So thank you for that. (laughs) And I, I, that leads to one other thought of like another question or exercise for anyone listening to this. And I got this from one of my favorite coaches, Bill Middleton. He introduced me to this concept of what am I going to stop doing? What am I going to start doing? And what am I going to keep doing? (laughs) And I just kind of intuitively went through that mini exercise around the Facebook group that I run. And if any of you have followed me for a while, you've probably heard my taken one of my courses or my mini courses or heard the episodes about running geographic Facebook groups as a form of digital farming to get buyer and seller leads. And because last year was a down year and there were way few fewer people moving everywhere, and especially in this market that I focus on, I did not get the same results from my Facebook group in 2023 as I did in the two years prior. So at the beginning of this year, that's my other indicator. When I am frustrated, it means that I need to stop, pay attention, and give myself permission to make a change. So I was feeling pissed off about how much energy and resources I had invested in that Facebook group and that I wasn't seeing the return. And I had a dialogue with my marketing contractor and it was sort of just kind of having a partner for me to process this with. And we identified certain things. So we decided to stop PMing people after they joined the group because we weren't getting a good response rate. We decided to keep doing certain things. We decided to delegate certain things to my co-admins that were no longer a good use of her or my time. And my luckily, my co-admins were happy to do that. And then one thing we decided to start doing or really amp up was a quarterly giveaway. I had kind of taken my foot off the gas with being really consistent with giveaways. Because when I thought about what's really worked in this group, it's harvesting contact information from the group, putting it in my CRM, and then putting them on my automated software for nurturing and then also i had developed this monthly newsletter that was specifically going to people in that target market giving them a monthly market update so i had created a funnel and then for a bunch of reasons that i won't dive into but just all kind of typical stuff like someone who was working for me was no longer working for me i was kind of diying certain things i hadn't leveraged it all the way i had taken my eye off the ball So frustration is fuel for me, and I I can get very easily frustrated. And I used to call it angry lead gen with my friend Vlad (laughs) back in the day when I when I did a lot more like outbound prospecting. So like when I'm frustrated, it's a great moment to be like, okay, things aren't working. Like let's dive in and make a pivot. I can't tell you how relieved I felt after having that conversation with her last week of like, cut this, stop this, start this. I'm gonna hand this over. And then I could just let it all go and know that I'm learning, I'm evaluating what's effective, and I'm moving forward. So what to stop doing, what to start doing, and what to keep doing. I want to, I have a question for you on that piece. Yeah. I I think it kind of like puts a bow on everything. Do you have a system? So I heard this throughout the whole conversation, like taking all my notes. 
But what you really do is you're really paying attention and you're really reflecting. But I also know like you're doing it on purpose. Is there like a system that you do? Like, are you looking at this weekly? Are you looking at this monthly? Or are you just really paying attention to when you're feeling like this and being like, okay, here's the breaks and I'm going to dive into this? Great question. It's a couple things. Number one, you nailed it. I've become very attuned to my emotional state as it relates to my business because for so long I've rode a roller coaster of like emotional reactivity to my business. So I've I've learned to really tune into the frustrations and then do something with them to the best of my ability or to just put them into perspective. The one thing I've just come to understand is that real estate is just annoying. Sounds funny, but like I kept thinking if I outsystemed and whatever, like that I would stay ahead of the like annoyances of the business, but that's not feasible. So I think there's a perspective and then there's an attunement to really. I think I had a big shift in 2020 when I started to like really change a lot with my team and really embrace focusing on marketing and branding in a new way to take on this mindset that everything's just an experiment. It took this like life or death, win or lose, right or wrong, very like binary thought process that I grew up with for whatever reason. That's like been one of my internal programming things. And to really see the gray of everything's just a learning process. So like a down year, like there were a lot of things to learn. And there was also a whole other perspective of like what was a priority in my life in the past year and over the past four years. So I've and I've had to recalibrate that repeatedly. So I think it's mostly mindset. And then I do have some things that I used to track that we could definitely talk about in a follow-up conversation. But those tracking things are useless if I'm in a good, bad, right, wrong, am I good enough or am I not good enough kind of thought process. So I really think that it starts there. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. And I love what you said that everything is just a learning process. And I think you've said that to me before as I've been in conversations about my 2023 year, having some thoughts or feeling a little bit down about myself. And and in reality, like you just said, everything's a learning process. It was my learning year and I can take all this and I can learn from it. I can ask experts like you and then let's watch out 2024. Yeah. And I, I think that's where I'd love to end is we're going to keep having learning years. We're going to keep trying things for marketing that don't work. We're going to hire people. Sometimes it's going to be great. Sometimes it's not going to work out. Have compassion and think for the long term. And I think that was one of the things that I really succeeded in last year was I said to myself, I'm going to lay groundwork. And I've done this long enough, 20 years, to know that laying groundwork is not sexy. It's not cute. There's nothing to brag about anywhere. (laughs) But I'm going to launch this podcast. I researched. I took a course on podcasting. I interviewed a ton of podcast managers. I hired a great one. Shout out to Pamela. I recorded a boatload of episodes. I got feedback from people. It was just a ton of like behind the scenes groundwork. And yes, I had like episodes to show for it. And eventually my wait list started to pop, but it was a time to focus on groundwork and knowing that it'll it'll show up later. And that even if it doesn't, I'm going to end up somewhere different than where I am now because that's just how things work. <laughs> and there will be more lessons and abundance along the way. So that's my encouragement to anyone listening. Would love to hear feedback from you all. Thanks for joining in and we'll be back soon. Thank you, Laura. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the High Performance Agent Podcast. 
Make sure to subscribe by hitting the follow button so you don't miss the next episode. And check the show notes for links to all of my goodies, including my newsletter filled with tips for ambitious agents. You can also find me on Instagram at Tina Bellavo. Talk to you soon.